Just fuck up. Come on, Craig. Let's fuck shit up. Just fuck it up. Tell me, how do you live? We don't know yet. The new film from Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli premiering in Japan July 14th. We got to get to Japan somehow. Yeah. And then this podcast is going to be all about how do you live? In Japan? Yeah. When you're uh, on a tourist visa and you've overstayed your welcome. Uh, Probably not very well. Because the tourist visa thing, that, that like first six months when you got the tourist visa, probably living great. They got cheap seafood, but as soon as your tourist visa expires, if they catch you, oh, not good to be locked up in Japan. Plus, the seafood gets way more expensive. They you probably don't even get seafood in there anymore. They just give you what was it, nori, the uh, you know dried seaweed, <laughs> <laughs> seaweed and rice. Yeah, that's all you get. Yeah, yeah, you got you filthy animal. Get away from the bars. Get away from the bars. This man was arrested for being in too many bad moods. Just wild beat communication. Yesterday I started watching the Evangelion rebuild films again for some reason. That's kind of wing songs. Um, just communication is. That's the Evangelion tune. That's the wild. That's fucking the Gundam Wing thing. Nope. That's Cruel Angel's thesis. You're mixing them up. I think you're mixing them up. No, I just listened to the. I don't care. I don't. I stand firm on this hill. What else? What else? How do you live? Again, we don't know. I know how I live. Lifting weights. Eating Apparently food. you live with a lot of pooping. You do a lot of poops. Yeah, I eat frozen pizza, get a little sick. No problem. I eat frozen pizza, make a lot of poops. It's because my, my, um, my body's a finely tuned machine at this point. Can't handle <laughs> Your muscle's like, oh no, frozen pizza. Oh, oh shit it out. <laughs> I told you when we went to IHOP oh. after I eat, I imagine the food going to my muscles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Visualize it. And then Wait, sometimes, sometimes I think I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, though. I can feel it. I'll just yeah, I love that your muscles are like, no, no, to frozen pizza. But like, yes, yes, to IHOP. IHOP. How are you going to mess up eggs and freaking Chad steak? <laughs> freaking Chad steak? Freaking pancakes? Uh, I mean, at first they did give you the wrong eggs. Yeah, eggs is eggs, though. That's what I said. I said eggs is eggs. Eggs is eggs. I'll scream in my belly. And she came back, and she's like, "You're just gonna eat them?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't care. They're eggs." She's really like, "I'll take that plate and give it to the real person." Yeah, yeah. she's really impressed about that. I guess people complain a lot at IHOP or some shit. Yeah, it's fucking IHOP, man. I don't, you know, yeah. I've never worked in front of the house. So I don't know. Well, this is content sewer. Tigers, Kyle, Rat, Sean, Rat, Sean. Rat Scabies. We're here to evaluate some of the uh, Netflix original films. Netflix never. Yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. Power. I want to just let's talk about uh, Asteroid City. Oh uh, well, let's talk about uh, Yano Stoyaki real quick. Uh, it's a little film about a little guy from Monterey. He fucks up with um, a gang. They uh, he doesn't shoot. really. He's just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time, isn't it? Well, they shouldn't have snatched the radio from that one dude. I guess, but it's kind of like not a big deal. Yeah, but he gets uh, some uh, local gang members killed, and he's like, you got to get the fuck out of here, buddy. Goes to America. Once again, the United States fucking sucks. He experiences it firsthand, and eventually gets deported because he's sleeping on the streets because, once again, the United States sucks. And then when he goes back, turns out that one gang, or the, I forgot what the main gang is called. 
the, Los Tarcos. Well, no, the Tercos uh, is his like his like yeah. dance group. They're a gang in Air. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Talking about the dance troupe. It's, I had a like a Los <laughs> F Los. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so uh, Los Pelones were the local gang that he was his brother was in at one point or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the 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 villainous gang were the yeah the Los F A right. That's right. Oh, so when he goes back to Monterrey, which is how you have to say it, because I like the cumbia announcer guy, how he talks. <laughs> um, uh, Los Efe is basically taking over the city. All of his friends are in the gang now. I like to say it as wide as possible and just say Los F. Los F. Los F. Los F. Um, and everything's fucked. And then he turns on his MP3 player. Dances yeah, it turns out it's not just time. the USA. It sucks. It's everywhere. It sucks. Yeah, different problems, uh, different problems, different places. Turns on his MP3 player, uh, dances to Cumbia one last time, battery dies, movie's over. Uh, it's a pretty cool little joint. Um, I like it a lot. Eight out of ten. Thanks, Netflix. All right, we can talk about Asteroid City now. <laughs> that was quick. I'm, what you got to say about it? What, Asteroid City or... Uh, uh, I'm no longer here. You're not a Y'all know Stoyaki. Well, yeah, directed by Fernando Frias. Uh, Juan Daniel Garcia Trevino is uh, the main boy. Ulises. Ulises. Yeah, it's a cool movie. I like it. Uh, He meets uh, a little Asian-American girl who's, like, impressed by his style. Kind of. She kind of sucks, too. You know, it's got... uh, I don't want to say a fun little immigrant story because it's a bit of a bummer. But my type of thing, it's a pretty good movie. Well, you know, I like a little bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Could have been worse, you know what I mean? He could have gone back to his hometown and got shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because if you use your imagination, you could just come up with your own, like, ending for uh, Ulises. And it's, um, I don't know, he uh, becomes the boss of Los Efe. Nah, I think he, uh, he starts making his own cumbia music. Cumbia! He becomes a star. Yeah, that's like dances his heart out. Dances his heart out. That's the cool scene in the movie when he goes to New York. He's hanging out with the other uh, dudes. He, you know, he had a better setup than uh, in Tiger Tail. Remember, the dude just sends him there, and he's like, "I don't know, find a job or whatever." <laughs> you know, he's got nothing. <laughs> yeah. But in this, he's like, at least they had like a job lined up for him and shit. But those other guys, when as soon as he started dancing and was impressing the ladies, they were like, "Fucking." Fuck this nerd. <laughs> they were so <laughs> mad. <laughs> so mad that he could dance good. Dancing for for, for little fair boys. Yeah. They were fucking they they're so mad at him because he had the moves. That's what it's uh, like out there. It's hard out there for dancers. <laughs> that's what it's like when I get out there on the dance floor. I get out there and I, I get my my hips going, I get my moves going, and then oh man, so many fights. I'll do my dance. I do my dance. I'm like shah. He does have like one bad quality where like he is just totally intolerant of any other kind of music. (laughs) Yeah, like that's not great. Yeah, uh, Lynn, the girl brings him to the party, right? It's just like standard EDM uh, kid teenager music that you would hear at a party. And he's like, fuck this, I'm leaving this party. The music's too bad. I mean, obviously, there's a broader theme of just alienation um, that's at play, but. You look at it literally. It's like, come on, man. You can, you could drink a few beers, smoke a little weed, get down to some stupid EDM. We've all done it before. <laughs> We've regretted it. Mm-hmm. We've all wanted to be listening to something better, but you can't put on Joy Division at a party and be fucking weird. I guess you could. Different kind of parties, though. That's not much of a. Uh, I don't know. New Order. You can put on New Order. At a party, uh, you can break it away with New Order. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's a good movie, but we good. also watch Asteroid City. TikTok's favorite director, Wes Anderson. He's back with another impenetrable facsimile of human the human condition. Oh, just the worst director. No heart, huh? Uh, yes. Everything's I also just, agree with everything he's just the internet says. Manipulating mannequins in his little dollhouse, isn't he? That piece of shit. Pastel colors. That's why he's, his style is so easily replicated by AI. Sort of. I mean, it's like, you know, whatever. 
I mean, it's the, the, the pastiche word. of uh, Wes yeah. Anderson. I mean, the really the. I think it's a compliment. He's created such a v- visually unique style that um, he's literally the only director you could do this with. Um, I could do it with other directors, but uh, brain dead normies who would want to do something yeah. like that who don't realize that coming. lots of directors have their own style, and his is just very obvious. I think that's the reason why he's um, lampooned so much through AI and TikTok and shit is because his style is so obvious that commoners are able to immediately see it and recognize it. But <laughs> You're um, winning a lot of viewers with the, or listeners with you with your commentary so far. I mean, it's true. Like, every there's significant style. You could recreate Spielberg's style. You could recreate David Fincher's style. I could recreate Shion's uh, okay, I style. guess you know I mean? you're talking about, like, the, again, you're talking about, like, some of the best directors that have ever lived. But most people just consume normal movies, you know? Well, that's what I mean is it's because his style is so... Uh, again, you can do this with lots of really great directors, but there's only a really, really only a handful of really great directors working at any given time. Uh, we got a lot of them right now. Uh, well, I don't know. A lot of them are just grandfathered in, right? They're from different... Gen- we still have yeah. so many old men working. <laughs> yeah, like Scorsese is still a great director, but he's not... I mean, he's been a great director for 40 years, you know? I mean, at this point, Wes Anderson has been a great director for <laughs> like 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> when did Rushmore come out? 98? Uh, I don't know. Ball Rocket is his first movie. That came out in... Um... Are we talking about the original short film Bottle Rocket or the feature length? Feature length. The feature film came out in 1996. Yeah, but they won an Oscar for the short film. So, Well, let's check to see when that came out then. Uh, Brawl Rocket Short, 1994. So, 30 years. Yep. We'll, we'll call it 30. Yeah, he's been, uh, I mean, he's uh, stood through like the sort of like indie boom of the 90s, right? He could have got pigeonholed into that. And then the, 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 the hipster boom, the early mid 2000s, he could have got pigeonholed into that. But he just kept going, you know? And his style has evolved and become much denser over time like i really think he's like on the verge of releasing like an absolute masterpiece that was his grand budapest hotel i kind of like grand budapest hotel and french dispatch i think are like really close to being like perfect movies for me i really like french dispatch but i I don't think it's as widely acclaimed as uh grand budapest hotel but then i think does that necessarily matter yeah, the French Dispatch is um, more divisive for some reason. I don't, I don't know. A lot of the criticisms of it that I've seen are like, um, I guess if you don't like Wes Anderson, then you probably won't like the French Dispatch. If you don't like Wes Anderson, you won't like Asteroid City either. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Because uh, well, uh, Asteroid City is the most Wes Anderson movie he's made. <laughs> if uh, I, I actually heard this complaint online, but if the framing narrative of the French Dispatch was confusing to you, Asteroid City is going to be confusing to you. Very confusing. I don't think it's... Um, I don't know if... I guess some people, people probably do find it confusing. Um, I think some of the themes uh, aren't confusing, but um, they're uh, vague and can be interpreted different ways. So I yeah. guess there's a lot of people dealing with that, but I, uh, it's, it's like pretty spelled out. Like the, I don't know, like the wraparound, you know what I mean? It's very, the fucking uh, aspect ratio changes and it switches to black and white. You know what I mean? It's, you know, when you're in Asteroid City and when you're in the uh, wraparound narrative, <laughs> you'd be surprised. I guess. I mean, yeah, people complain about that in Grand Budapest Hotel too, because it is like three, four different. Um, yeah, I haven't, I honestly haven't read a, any. Complaints about Asteroid City. I haven't really read much about Asteroid City yet. I'm specifically speaking about French Dispatch, where I've heard people complain about being confused about how, how the timeline fit together and like where where's the TV section versus the newspaper. I'm like, what are you guys are you Why kidding me? <laughs> that, yeah, that to me is it doesn't. Really I mean, happen. we just the, the speaking <laughs> of nonlinear movies, the movies watched for Netflix is nonlinear. Yeah, yeah, it bounces in between um, his past in Monterey. <laughs> 
Monterrey and back to New York and back and forth. It, it, yeah, I mean, that is, so I don't, I don't think the French Dispatch or the Grand Budapest Hotel was was confusing. Um, but I know people that did find those confusing at least a little bit, and I, I think Asteroid City is going to be even worse because, uh, I mean, there's parts where the narrator from the TV show just kind of appears in the the play, right? And I people are going to complain about that shit. I can already feel it. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think the way what most people are going to complain about is just the complete non-linear, really um, non-purpose of the plot. Like, there isn't really, the plot's not important at all. No, it's very much just about the themes and the vibes, right? Because there's not, um, this is definitely an English philosophy theme movie. Cause could, can you even like, if you had to do a synopsis for that, for asteroid city about what it is about, as far as the plot goes, what would you say it is? Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it kind of, it doesn't have a traditional plot structure, right? Or, and in some ways it has like three traditional plot structures. Sort of, but I mean, so it's like, um, it within, so uh, Asteroid City, it starts off, you're watching a TBS, like a public access PBS sort of documentary about the play, Asteroid City, about the playwright, right? And then when it goes into full color widescreen for what is arguably the majority of the movie, Asteroid City, it's okay, it, Jason Schwartzman's wife has died and he hasn't told his children yet. Um, but then he just does tell him and then, okay, Tom Hanks is Jason Schwartzman's father-in-law and they have a strained relationship and they're both dealing with grief, but they just kind of get over it. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's, um, it doesn't have any, but doesn't have the plot structure of most movies. You know what I mean? Like most movies, it would be one of those things would be the, the, the thrust and the beats of the plot right but there it's just kind of uh shit should be happening huh <laughs> it's wild out here you know yeah. well that's what i mean the the themes seemingly are more important and then i guess if you think about it in the world of the documentary framing device like imagine that's our actual world so asteroid city is a play that exists that play asteroid city seemingly also isn't about um plot or narrative so much as it is just about themes specifically seems to be about struggling with grief struggling with the concept of the unknown right and that i mean and then that's also kind of what the framing narrative itself is about is yeah struggling with grief and and a little bit of the concept of the unknown and you know and how do i act Mm -hmm. when he there's a really uh there's a part in the movie where augie right that's the character's name Mm-hmm. And then he is played by um yeah, what the fuck is the actor's name in the hold on I'm gonna pull up the cast list here because it gets confusing. Conrad is the player, right? Augie is the name of the character. So Jason Shortsman plays an actor whose name right. blank and his character in Asteroid City is Augie Steenbeck. But in any case, with the act, uh, Jason Schwartzman, the actor character, asked, "Am I doing this right?" And it's really more about him grieving Conrad's death. And if he's if he's grieving right, at least that's how I interpret it. And so it's a little, it's essentially the same thing we're seeing in the the play itself. I think it might actually be. I mean, yeah. So like in the world of the the documentary framing device, that's why the actor asks. Super, Adrian Brody's character. Am I doing this right? Because it's sort of about acting the scene, but also sort of about grief. But then, from an even more meta uh, view of the movie as a whole, I think it goes back to um, what Adrian Brody's character basically straight up like says the theme of the movie, right? Where it's you just keep doing it, just keep telling the story, because the movie seems to be about. Wes Anderson's relationship with storytelling and also like broader. <laughs> this is like, not hard to explain. It's like the purpose of storytelling. What's the, like the value in storytelling and how does that, 
um, intermingle with like the human condition seemingly, right? And then I guess you could also interpret Adrian Brody's uh, characters just when he says, oh, did you just keep telling the story? That could, with regards to like grief or life in general, you could just see it as, yeah, you just keep going, right? You just keep doing it. So it kind of works both ways. And then Wes Anderson, I saw in an interview, he specifically said um, one of the things he wanted to have in the movie was a clear delineation between the adult characters who basically all have um, undiagnosed, untreated PTSD from uh, World War II and just, you know, uh, the political climate of that time period as compared to the kids who were like, you know, fucking, we're going to change the world with science. Science rules. I mean, but also the kids don't have any real answers either. Uh, yeah, but they're at least not, when it comes to the, the alien aspect. Yeah, but they're more um, whimsical about it, right? They yeah, like, have the definitely have still have their childlike wonder, right? But like, it hasn't destroyed us. Yeah, they're like intrigued and filled with wonderment about it, and then the adults are um, not scared, but it like does. Like they're like in an existential crisis, right? They're like, "Oh, what does anything mean anymore?" And they, what the does alien, anything mean anymore? And the alien rolls up, takes the asteroid, and they're like, "What the hell? Why did the alien do that?" Right? That's the mystery. What was the purpose of the alien? Well, that's exactly what they were saying. <laughs> and then the alien comes. He brings the asteroid back, and now it's been uh, stamped as if it's been cataloged in somewhere. Well, that's the also the interpretation of the general inside the. Uh, the, the play, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that's what actually the alien was doing. Yeah, they should have had um, Edward Norton's character Conrad Earp, the playwright, at some point in the wraparound story. He should have explicitly explained what the alien was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's the Mars Attacks reference in it, too. Oh, yeah. That was oh, yeah. fun. That's, that song's Indian, called like Indian Love Call or something like that. Something to You'll know it. Yeah. You know the song that melts the Mars attack aliens' brains. That, that has to be purposeful, I would think. I gotta think it is. Yeah, but uh, Asteroid City, uh, big old Wes Anderson's most Wes Anderson movie, The Artifice on Full Display. Um, he, uh, Wes Anderson kind of makes pastiches himself, right? This is very much a mid century uh, Western studio type picture right the way the set design and the colors mm-hmm. the saturation the soundtrack all the characters are sort of like proxies for um flame, famous actors and uh playwrights and stuff like that like Sidney Lumet seemingly um obviously Scott Johansson's character is kind of a Marilyn Monroe type figure right <coughs> no, I didn't catch that so he's, uh, you know, he's fucking, he, he loves movies. He's doing a big old movie reference. He's playing in his dollhouse. He's talking about, he's like, he seems like on this movie, more so than the other ones, like keenly self-aware of his method of filmmaking, right? Like normally, his other movies to me seem as though they're made the way Wes Anderson wanted to make them just because that's how he likes to make movies. Whereas this one is probably mostly just from that same place of wanting to make movies, how he makes them, but sort of like like a element of like navel gazing about it, right? Where he's very much he's, he seems much more aware of his style in this movie as a thematic device, because I think he's like being self, not critical but analytical in the movie. And I was thinking maybe uh, since the, 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 the quarantine aspect, they all get trapped in Asteroid City because of the alien. Do you think he wrote this during the pandemic? Do you think Wes Anderson was going crazy in the pandemic? <laughs> he's just like, I got a, I got an alien movie on my right. Yeah, um, and then he's like, but what, what am I even doing anymore? Because there's that thing like with filmmakers and storytellers and musicians and blah, 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 where you start off telling stories about your life but then your life becomes storytelling so then right so you just end up telling stories stories about stories yeah yeah like i think that one's hard to answer i don't know if i have a good line of sight because it just seems i i the the quarantine aspect of it doesn't seem that important on the uh, in and of itself you know what i mean 
It seems like it's just a way to trigger uh, heightened emotions. Um, what do you think? Uh, you can't wake up if you don't go to sleep. What's that all about? All right. So if it's if we if it's if, there's a couple ways to look at it, right? Obviously, in probably none of them are right. If grief is a big part or of the the, the theme, uh, then you can't wake up if you don't go to sleep. You can't move past someone if you don't grieve. You can't move on if you don't let go. And then if you look at it as, you know, the fiction of itself, the narrative, you can't enjoy the movie if you don't let you go. Don't buy in, right? Yeah. If you don't buy in, if you don't let go. How about uh, the scene towards the end where we go back to the um, narrative device and it's Jason Shortman's character of the actor where he walks out onto the balcony and so yeah, it's Scarlett Johansson margot robbie now who appears in a photograph as his wife in asteroid city and he says oh you're the wife who was supposed to play my actress why do you think he says it that way uh i don't know why do you think he says it that way i don't know i did one thing i do know though is when we saw it and the after um margot robbie's little speech it does like a, a frontal close-up of margot robbie Yes, like very, said this to you when we were at IOP. Very, um, um, like she's presented like as a, a god almost the way, but like, they yeah, like a painting. Yeah. Yeah. I, even though I didn't, um, necessarily understand the scene as it was happening, as soon as we cut to that, uh, close up of her, for some reason I got really emotional. <laughs> Like, I just thought I was going to cry for a second. <laughs> I said this at IHOP, basically almost the same thing, but it reminded me, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, or at least mentioned it to you before. There's a Gwen Stefani video where she's, like, talking. She's basically just singing right to the camera and mm. crying, uh, and it's really emotional. <laughs> yeah. It's good to look at people's faces. Yeah, the way it's shot, though, it's, like, really uh, fawning of Margot Robbie. To me, anyways, yeah, well, like she, she appears as a god for a second. I'm going to be thinking about this movie for a while. People are going to hate it. I really, I really, I have not avoided people... looking at um, reviews or, like, uh, you know, the, the mass, the masses' opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be his most liked movie. I think it's probably going to be his most divisive movie. Well, the thing too is, um, because of that AI bullshit, he's got like much more social capital than he's had really ever in his career. It seems like like people seem to be much more keenly aware of him currently. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people who wouldn't normally see a Wes Anderson movie are seeing this movie, and the box office kind of seems to show that because it's doing quite a bit better than most of his other movies. <laughs> so I'm guessing a lot of uh. Uh, normies and zoomer dweebs and stuff are going to see it, so it'll probably have probably divisive opinions about it. I or saw the next movie will make as much money. I saw a clip of uh, like streamers talking about it, and they're basically just like, I don't know what it's about, it wasn't entertaining, I didn't understand it. And I was like, Yeah, <laughs> you're streamers, you're not entertaining either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand you. Ooh, burn, burn, sick burn. Get some ice that burn. But yeah, I imagine that's probably a lot of people's opinion of it, right? Is I don't understand it, and um, it's challenging. It makes me I feel stupid, so I don't like it. And I'm I don't completely understand it either. I do one hundred ten percent. You guys are just, stupid. That just makes me more curious about the movie because when after we watched it, I was like, eh. That might be like my least favorite Wes Anderson movie since like the Darjeeling Limited. But then uh, yesterday, after thinking about it for a day or two, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, no, maybe I love it. Yeah, that was kind of me. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, man, I have not stopped thinking about that movie. And then for real, honestly, for the last couple of days, I uh, haven't stopped thinking about it. I was going to rewatch uh, the movie today because I haven't. I watched it like a week ago. And instead, I watched a Grand Budapest Hotel and Life Aquatic. Yeah, that good old Wes Anderson. He's good at making those movie films. He does have a lot of bangers. I, mean, I don't know. That's just me. That's my opinion. You know? My opinion, he doesn't have a bad movie. 
Not a single one. God damn it. You fight me on this. Hey, well, uh, what happened to Wilson? Where's Owen Wilson this bad boy? I don't know. Probably wasn't available. Everyone fucking else is in it. <laughs> Bill Murray is in it. <laughs> I can see a lot of people having um even like uh, film or even Wes Anderson fans having a problem with how the how there's like too many characters and they're all kind of kind of light. Like the it's you just have the the sort of the barest essence of a lot of the characters. Yeah, I mean we it, talked about that too. My complaint about the movie is it might be kind of overcast, right? Yeah, the, I like the little musical number they do about the alien, but the Maya Hawk and the kids and the singing cowboy romance. Like, I don't, I'm not sure why it's in the movie. It's fun, so it's I don't. Well, it's the same thing like Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon's fun, and uh, maybe he's got something to do with the alien because that's that weird device thing. But yeah, that falls off the car. But what does it have to do with anything? Not really anything. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, there's not. But it's just you know, it's a fun little thing. Yeah, it's like all fine with me, but I could see other people that being like a complaint that they have. Like I could see that being a pretty logical complaint to make. That you know, none, not a lot of the characters are fleshed out. There's a lot of them, but uh, you know, I think it's a pretty good little movie flick. Uh I don't know. I'm more into uh, the Flash. Flashing around. Actually, no one's into the Flash. No one's seen that piece of shit. I love it. I love it. It's finally happening. <laughs> Is it? Spider-Man made a bunch of money. Spider-Man and Batman are reliable, but these other ones, mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, sir. It's coming. It's finally... Our long national nightmare is finally coming I to bet, I, I, I will bet you money that Avengers movies will always make <clears throat> money at this point. They'll, I'll bet you money that this next Avengers movie they have coming out that I don't even remember what the title is or who's in it. And, Secret um, Wars or Kang Conquest or some yeah, shit. Like I bet you it is going to fucking bomb. Now, the Avengers, in my opinion, are going to be like Spider-Man or Batman. And the other Marvel movies will bomb, maybe. Not bomb, but not make as much money. I'm expecting Avengers to always do well. Nope, it's over. We're going back to yeah. new budget movies. Good luck. Yeah, right. Ah, that's never happening. Now is the time of Wes Anderson. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't understand it. Oh. Good. I think the fucking uh, rated R Jennifer Lawrence comedy is doing better than The Flash. We're back, boys. It's finally happening. Yeah. We're nothing like rated R Jennifer Lawrence comedies. Who doesn't love a uh, nice Jennifer Lawrence comedy? I'll watch it when it's on the internet for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tom Cruise says you have to go see everything for in the movie theaters. I will when they start putting good shit in the theaters, like Asteroid City. Yeah. Not Mission Impossible. But <laughs> <laughs> Barbie. Yeah, I do want to see Barbie, actually. All right, so next week we're, we're talking about Barbie. It's not, we got to wait a little bit longer. It comes out like the 14th to the 21st or something. Yeah, something Same day probably. as Oppenheimer. Oh, we're going to talk about Barbie Oppenheimer. and Oppenheimer. I don't. I'm not. I'm way more interested in Barbie than Oppenheimer, to be honest. But I, as people probably picked up on the podcast from how I talk about Christopher Nolan, I'm not really a big fan. I think it's great. Way better than Wes Anderson. No, people are always. Oh, Wes Anderson. He just plays with dolls in his dollhouse. There's no heart. Bullshit. Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Plays dolls in his dollhouse. I don't even. He doesn't even have dolls. It's just. I got an action set piece. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a time motif. Can you believe it? <clears throat> time. I'm really concerned with time. I'm Christopher Nolan. Here's Interstellar. Um, my, attempt, my attempt to prove to you that I am also human. <laughs> I liked Interstellar. Uh, what was the other time one? Um, Robert Pattinson. <clears throat> Tenet. And, uh, Tenet, yeah. Tenet. The, um, that one was dumb as hell. And then they're still letting them make a good Oppenheimer, huh? Oh boy. Do you think it's gonna deal with any like powerful themes? Uh with the theme of how cool Oppenheimer is. <laughs> I think they're gonna talk about how uh we didn't have to drop the bomb. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's that's no <laughs> That's one of those things that people are, will always debate about. 
I don't know. I feel like if you're going to make a movie about Oppenheimer, you should probably get a, a little bit radical with it. Yeah, they should like radical. be having their dicks out and stuff. Hell yeah. Einstein, get your dick out. Dick's out for Einstein. If you think about it, um, dropping the <clears throat> atomic bombs on Japan was kind of like the America getting its dick out and shaking it. Yeah, well, like, hey, Soviet you're not wrong. Take a look at this dick. Kaboom. And then uh, that general afterwards was like, yeah, everything went according to plan. The bomb was uh, dropped. It was real smooth. And um, we killed a lot of people. <laughs> so, fucking uh, let's go. Let's, let's fucking go. <laughs> After we napalmed them. No, they were incendiary bombs. They weren't napalm. Oh, yeah, it was napalm yet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Horrific stuff. <laughs> War is hell. I guess. I just, I just uh, to me, it's more like um, stupid. Like, everything about it is stupid. No, no, it's great, and it's always, always a fun time. Everyone enjoys war. <clears throat> Not me. Uh, oh, yeah, Asteroid City, too. Um, so there's been a real... Real uh, anti-fascist bent to the last few uh, Wes Anderson movies. I guess you could say it's kind of in there um, sort of organically just because uh, probably not a lot of artists have um, opinions or thoughts that would line up with fascism anyways. So it's in there sort of ad hoc in his other movies just because of the characters he writes. But um, French Dispatch, Grand Budapest Hotel, explicitly anti-fascist stuff in it. And then, um, Grand Budapest Hotel, especially, yeah, because I mean, the Grand Budapest Hotel basically is about how fascism destroyed the world. There's the world before fascism and the world after it, and we'll never go back to the world before fascism. Not only that, but you know, he has several points in the movie. He's you goddamn fucking fascist, (laughs) yeah. Uh, but Asteroid City, uh, the big symbol of fascism looming in the background of the movie, right? The atomic bomb testing going on. A little fascism. That's a there. symbol of a uh, pure uh, power. I don't know. That's our power. that's our mighty dick waving power. in the air. And then, um, so the throughout the movie, the there's a police car, car chasing yeah. uh, some robbers, and they're shooting, and it comes through the town like three times. <clears throat> it's, uh, like it never ends, Kyle. It makes me think of like, um, like, uh, the, there's like a almost like there's a track, right? Like a toy car track. So they're just going in a loop back through Asteroid City, which, like, I don't know, is it purposeful to highlight the artifice? I don't no, know. It's a cycle of violence or something. <clears throat> well, they also, they, there's, there's also a police motorcycle, so it might actually be a literal cycle of violence. And all the characters are kind of immune to it, too, right? Yeah, they don't even react. They kind of look out the window like, ah, there goes the car chase. Yeah, they take notice of it, but it's like, yeah. Same thing with the atomic bomb. They just stick their head out the window like, ah, atomic bomb, huh? Yeah. I wonder what that's all about. Hmm. How maybe we get used to... Horrible things. Terribleness. We've been programmed to be okay with violence. (laughs) By movies like Wes Anderson's The Life Aquatic. That's right. He punches a guy in that. <laughs> yeah, well, he also you know, shoots up some people and they throw some dynamite around. One guy gets a knife in the neck. That scene, uh, that yeah, the the pirate um, fight scene in Life Aquatic is uh, what makes me want Wes Anderson to do like an action movie. Oh, I was going to say the same thing. The uh, rescue scene is what, mm. is what I think about. Yeah, just because the, the sort of nonchalantness and artifice of his style is, I think, would be really interesting for like an actual action movie. <clears throat> I know <clears throat> that one YouTube man did like Wes Anderson's X Men, like an X Men parody. If Wes Anderson did it, and it's all right as like a comical pastiche sort of Wes Anderson, it kind of suffers from the same thing that like the TikToks and shit do, where it's yeah. A little bit kind of a corny distillation, but I mean, that's how parody goes or whatever. But um, I think Wes Anderson actually could make a kind of interesting X-Men movie. Uh, Yeah, you know what? X-Men, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, that'll get people back in the theaters to see them. Yeah, I mean, forward. Sony's not making their own goddamn Spider-Man movie. Let's get a Wes Anderson Spider-Man movie going. Hell yeah. Come on. That's Wes Anderson. I want him to make only comic book movies now. 
<laughs> I want to make Wes Anderson worse and comic book movies better. Hell yeah, that's what the world needs. Worse Wes Anderson, better comic book movies. Mm-hmm. That's what this podcast is all about. Better comic book movies. Better comic books. Well, do you want to see what Letterboxd has to say about I'm No Longer Here or Asteroid City? I want to know what the Zoomers think. I want to know what they say about Asteroid City, to be honest. <clears throat> this podcast is now not about Netflix movies. It's about all content. It's about whatever. It's always just kind of been about whatever. I mean, yeah, we, we watch a Netflix original film every week, but a lot of times we spend half the time talking about other shit I watched. Five-star review at the top. Guess what language it's in. Uh, no way I'm going to be able to guess this. It's Thai. It's oh. Thai again. <laughs> I knew it. <clears throat> no, I didn't. Is this the same person we keep seeing? It could be. Remember that you, you, we don't check, but you get a lot of Thai reviews. Man, I'm going to. All right. So this person's name is New Mori. I remember that. New Mori. I'm going to remember for next time we come across the Thai review. I, this person might just be like a power user, right? Yeah, they review everything. They've actually seen <laughs> any of these movies, but they review them. I, I, there's no way for us to know. I can't read Thai. I think they love it, though, because the first line is five, 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 and a bunch of exclamation points. If they only read Thai, was this movie already subtitled in Thai or dubbed in Thai? Stupid ass computer. <clears throat> that reminds me, next time you come over, I need you to help me try to figure out why my computer keeps crashing. I've done pretty no, It's probably because it hates you. I've done pretty much everything I could think of. Have you tried yelling at it? Spitting at it? Hitting it with a big stick? Yeah, I've been violent to it. Of course. <laughs> Violence is always my first solution. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I mean, it might have already been uh, translated for subtitles, right? They usually do that pretty quick these days. But also, the person might um, understand English. They prefer writing in Thai, right? No, I refuse. Uh, this person's a fraud. And I'll expose them. Oh, but they love Asteroid City, your favorite movie. I didn't say it's my favorite movie. You love Asteroid City. Oh you give it God. five million stars. Asteroid City is what I call my asshole. Did you crash again? No. Oh. All right. My first, ex- <clears throat> my first experience in Wes Anderson film is so damn good. That's good. Watch the rest of his movies. Wow, what a weird first experience. Yeah. <clears throat> With every Wes Anderson movie since Moonrise Kingdom, excluding the French Dispatch, I've thought, well, this is the most Wes Anderson thing there could be. Surely his style and quirks and jokes must be wearing thin. There after me be dim- diminishing returns after this. Only to be pleasantly surprised every time, excluding the French Dispatch, which I thought was too shallow and could have gone with any of the shorts as a feature and been better for it. Unlike those other times, however, I think this is Anderson's most relevant film. He's left the dollhouse and moved on to the stage. He's synthesized a shared collective melancholy or trauma that isn't as unique and idiosyncratic and is the better for it. This is not to say the film is unoriginal or retreading old territory, but rather expanding his scope with all the meanings that phrases implies. Is it his best film? Time will tell. Is it a contender? Absolutely. This guy doesn't like French Dispatch. Yeah, hit, hit him with a rock. <clears throat> I've actually heard a lot of people say that um, they French Dispatch would be better if it just focused on one of the stories, or that it seemed like he just had too many ideas and decided to put them all in one movie. But I think um, anthology films are always going to be uh, kind of uh, rocky ground for a lot of people, it seems like. but There's um, always going to be one story you like more. That just is the nature of... A lot of people just don't seem to like anthology films but um yeah i mean french dispatch isn't his best movie but i think it's cool that wes anderson made an anthology film and it's um still pretty good i like anthology films so i guess i'm a minority yeah i'll never forget the look on that silly little alien's face <laughs> when he took the picture i think it was hilarious then he's watched with brian michael Mollis, Lydia, Connor, Jacob at Williamsburg Cinemas. I noticed a bunch of these people saying who they watched it with. Why? Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for posterity's sake, in like 200 years, uh, fucking archaeologists comb the internet or some shit. I don't fucking know. 
Brian Michael Lydia Connor Jacob at Williamsburg Cinema. <laughs> it sounds like a really, really white person's name. That's a one person's name. Say it again. Brian Michael Lydia Connor Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> they for sure have mayonnaise sandwiches. Just mayonnaise. White bur- fucking white bread mayonnaise on both sides. It, that is like this person just went with a gang of whites to go see Wes Anderson. Uh, whatever. White people love Wes Anderson, I guess. Can't wake up if you don't fall asleep. I plan to fall asleep as soon as we're done with this podcast. Well, yeah, it's about bedtime, so. Maya Hawk, if you see this, I love you. She did look particularly cute in this one. I don't really get Maya Hawk as attractive, but okay. I don't either, and I've noticed this. I think I've mentioned it before when I was watching like a K-pop um, elimination show. You know, there's weirdos that are always like, "Oh, it's totally normal to be attracted to like teenagers and blah blah." Uh, yeah, I don't think that's true at all, or maybe I'm the outlier, but. No. Um, there's a lot of like new celebrities and figures that are um the the our age gap is like wide enough where that I see them and they're they're supposed to be hot and I, like, like oh I look kinda, at the little girl <laughs> I kind of get it but then they're like not um attractive to me and I'm guessing it's because of the age gap thing like Ice Spice like yeah that's I could tell that's an attractive like young lady right but it's something that it's just like. You know, I'm not attracted to her because she's <laughs> so much younger than me. I think yeah, I get it. Because <clears throat> like even uh, the members of Twice, my favorite girlfriends, like the younger members, it's like the, even though it's only like a year or two difference from like the other members, it like makes a difference in my brain. It seems like, <laughs> like oh, they're so cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not like hot girls or anything. It's like oh, how cute. So, um. Pedophilia, phobophilia, or whatever. That's just not natural. <laughs> that shit ain't real. I like grown ass women and my reptile not brain. Me, I like, uh, wrinkle old bitches. Even my reptile brain can tell the difference, I think. That's the only thing I can figure. Because it's like, oh yeah, Maya Hawk, cute. But like, cute, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or Ice Spice. Yeah, she's attractive, but um, like a, she's like a baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a youngster. It's like, it's like the baby person. It's a little baby person over there. Yeah. Yeah, how are you doing there, young fella? I still don't understand the play. You don't have to. Just keep telling the story. Yeah, so that could be about storytelling, literally. Or uh, life, right? Nope. Keep telling the story, baby. That's what this keep lying and is all about. Hopefully everything will turn all right. Got it. That's what this podcast is all about. I'm out here telling my story. The people need to know that the three youngest members of Try It Twice aren't. I'm not sexually attracted to them because they're too young, seemingly. That's, that's important information for anybody. That's right. They just seem like cutie babies. <clears throat> Absolutely in love with the entire existence of this film. Not only does it flow so cohesively, telling a story in a madly uniquely perspective, it's also so comforting. The breath of fresh air reminder we need. You don't have to understand everything and everyone to create. Asteroid City is art, and it's so refreshing to see cinema evolving in an authentic and everlasting original way. If the open-endedness is eating away at you, reconsider what the purpose of art is. Art is supposed to make you think, so wasn't it then very successful? I think so. This person's like, um... Sententious? Ni- 19. Sententious? <laughs> yeah, sententious, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and they're like 19. They're like just... they're ju- They themselves are just now coming to terms with art. what art is. <laughs> Farts are when I farts. Maybe your mother really is in the stars. I like at the end when um they're burying, like, yeah, they're like you know having a little funeral for the wife slash mother, mm-hmm. and uh, Tom Hanks is like, Woodrow, you want to say anything? He's like, I don't think I believe in God anymore. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Half star. Oh my God, so charmless and boring. He fell off for real. Oh, you can't call. Fuck you. He fell off. <laughs> Stupid. Fell off. Charmless and bored. Fuck you. I'll fight <clears> you. <throat> Quite possibly the most disappointing and pointless watch ever. Do not listen to Wes Anderson's. This movie fucking sucks. That's Gene Hackman's review. Uh, there's some good, cute, funny moments that are not nearly enough to overcome the lack of emotion, plot, or meaning to the movie. There's an alternate well, I mean, plot it's not does... really much of a plot. I'll give him that. 
There's an alternate plot that just does nothing but ruin the pacing of the movie while also showing us more actors, actresses that had their talent absolutely wasted. Uh-oh, this person. This person's bad at watching movies. Or maybe we're bad at watching movies. We're not doing it right. Wes Anderson movies feel like they are made by the most creative videographer who survives entirely on a diet consisting of Ritalin, Adderall, and Vyvanse. What? What do you think they mean by that? I don't know. That doesn't... Um, it doesn't describe Wes Anderson at all, does it? No, there's not. It's really like I just found. Frantic. I thought of a clever line. Let me just let me throw it in a review. Yeah, like the, the, he doesn't have a frantic pace in his movies. What is it? You know, this is a uh, easily one of the worst films I've ever seen in my entire life. Let's take a look and see what other movies this guy's reviewed on here. The stuff. So he gave a half star to uh, Asteroid City. Okay. Uh, Parasite, two and a half stars. <laughs> Off to a rocky start already. Uh huh. I want to see um, his... What his five stars are? Yeah. Chuck Norris in Delta Force. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Come on. Give Ice, us it. We're waiting. Ice, <clears throat> Ice Age. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. What the fuck? Slumdog Millionaire. Django Unchained. Oh, my God. What the hell? 14 cameras. What the f- that's- what the f- is it- this guy's a psychopath. <clears throat> Let's see what his four stars are. Holy shit, I think- the- Jaws, Edward Scissorhands, The Mask, Seven. You think Spongebob Squarepants is better than Jaws? Yeah. Gladiator, 28 Days Later. Shark Tale, Madagascar. Holy shit. Cars, Boy in the Striped Pajamas, oh my god. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> That's not even out yet. Mid-90s. Stronger. Black Mirror. San, Mirror San Jun, Junipero. That's an episode of TV. The Martian. Uh, Unbroken. World War, World War Z. <laughs> the Hunger Games. <laughs> this person's like 15 for sure. Yeah, it's got to be the, the reason. All the movies I liked when I was a little kid, those are the best movies of all time. Wes Anderson, Half Star, and Parasite, <laughs> Two and a Half Stars. I want to see what he has to say about Parasite. This podcast is now where we find our least favorite Rotten Tomatoes reviewer and, and destroy them. Thought this movie was going to be about some kind of parasitic virus that took over. It wasn't. Movie was mid at best. Had some interesting stuff happen, I guess, but the buildup really just wasn't worth the wait. Mid. Mid. Yeah, he's definitely like 15. He gave the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, three and a half stars, so it's better than Parasite. I mean, I you know, it's better. It's a pretty good movie, you know. I don't know about better than Parasite. <laughs> it's close. It's close. Uh, 47 Ronin. Uh, he he gave that four, four and a half stars. What? Yeah. That Solid Keanu film. Reeves movie? Wow, what a weird choice. <sighs> For sure, he had that DVD. Yeah, he just picked it up at Walmart. From the bargain bin, and then he played it nonstop. A wall one summer. <clears throat> Hated it. I now have a personal vendetta against Wes Anderson. I came out of that movie feeling angry and dumb. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. I bet about. you just feel angry and dumb every day. That's what I'm talking about, though. People are like, oh, I didn't get it. That makes me uncomfortable. Now I'm angry. Now I hate it. You know what I mean? It's like, well, fucking sorry you suck. <laughs> If you, you know, like you this, suck. Don't make me feel stupid. Yeah, if you like this, I don't believe you. Okay. okay. Mid. 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 One and a half mid. star mid. Mid. Oh, this person's uh, username is your film is mid, and then their I, their avatar is the word, a uh, picture of the word mid. Yeah. So they're, uh, they're doing their own brand. Yeah. Doing a little gimmick for the letterbox. It's remarkable how many times Wes Anderson has retitled and re-released the same movie with continuous c- critical success. The dude is to filmmaking what Derek Zoolander is the modeling. It felt charming the first time I saw his movie. Now it just feels empty and masturbatory. Mid. Yikes. So let's see what movies this guy likes. The second SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> he likes to return to Godzilla. So he's all right. Godzilla. Doing all right, doing all right. Shin Godzilla, three stars. Um, I don't know, buddy. I don't know about that, buddy. His favorite film, Singing in the Rain, Adaptation, Hardy Kitty, and The Empire Strikes Back. That's not good. That's not good. You don't like Adaptation? 
Uh, I don't like Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, I was like, "Oh, I should set up a letterbox to like catalog, just to you know, catalog all the movies I watched." Yeah. But, like I'm like 30 years deep now. I don't want to go through and like try to think of every movie I've seen at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to go like year by year. Whatever. I've seen a bunch. I know a bunch of shit about movies more than these Zoomers and baby brains on Letterboxd. No, you're lying. If you you don't like this movie, you're you're mid. Fucking uh, Asteroid City is mid. I give it eight out of ten. You're a, you masturbate mid. mid. You're mid masturbator. Masturbatory mid. mid. Talking about fucking mid. There's something um annoyingly grating about uh newer slang to me because all of it is like diffused through the internet now. You know what I mean? So it like makes it incredibly uncool. Like Yeah, it reminds me of uh like all those uh like movies that came out in like the eighties or nineties that tried to have like future lingo. Yeah. Hey, then we're gonna go to the Technodome. Because oh. yeah, I use a lot of uh, with her old... flip fangs. You know, it's I use like uh, I use a lot of slang too, like old head slang. But I picked it up organically on the streets. Like, yeah, but it's like I don't know. It's just everyone like fucking just repeats the same shit from like Twitch chat over and over and over again everywhere. Your mood, Keck W. Keck. I'm fucking. You know, like there's a lot of uh philosophers, I don't remember who specifically came up termed it, but it was like um because of like neoliberalism's like full cultural grasp worldwide in the nineties, it was they're like, Oh, this it's the end of history, right? Yeah. I think that's actually right now. You know what I mean? I think we're seeing the end of culture as we know it. I think it's I actually mean, not <laughs> not yet. Wait. Wait another year or two, and then culture will be officially dead. Yeah, this is something something strange is a brewing. There's just all these different uh, swirling like maelstrom of terrible things that leads me to believe that uh, after this new Hayao Miyazaki movie comes out, there's probably not going to be much else left to look forward to for humanity. <laughs> this is the way you die. How do you live? Well, that was uh, Content Sewer. Y'all know Estoy Aquí. A pretty good movie. We thoroughly analyzed that, baby. Yeah. Put another one in the books. We did it. Done and done. The final word on I'm No Longer Here, Netflix original film. I think it won some awards and stuff, which that makes sense because, like, it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's better than the normal (laughs) uh, crap. Way better than normal crap we normally watch on uh, Netflix. It's a normal one. That sounds... Normal Netflix normally. And Asteroid City uh, mid. It was mid. 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 Mid mid tier. Just kidding. It was S tier. Oh. S. We're using the Southeast Asian grading system. Um, The fighting games and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So uh, check out Asteroid City now playing in a theater near Mm -hmm. you. It's wide release. You can see it pretty much anywhere, I think. Not a fat cat. So that's more for um, that's more superhero fare. Yeah, it's for the kids. Yeah, they'll be playing Spider-Man for like months at Fat Cats. Spider-Man mid, it's copaganda. I heard. I heard someone told me it was copaganda because <laughs> they have to save his cop dad or whatever. Yeah, his dad's a cop. He doesn't want him to die. Copaganda. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, oh, I'm shocked that Sony's Marvel's Spider-Man for babies is not very radical. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Shocking. Wow. Uh, next week, what should we watch? I want to watch like a motorcycle movie. <laughs> they don't make motorcycle movies anymore, really, huh? Let's watch um, Easy watch Rider. Movies about like motorcycle gang fighting, like Burst City. Um, I have a list actually. I forgot of. I made a list of some movies I was interested in watching. Let's take a look. Oh no! Unfortunately, I don't remember what some of these movies are. Uh, I'm just gonna choose one at random. <laughs> sweet. Close my eyes. <clears throat> soul vibe. Soul vibe. It's a uh, soul, soul, like the capital of Korea. Oh. Soul. I liked my soul. take better. Like it was Soul Train. We're gonna watch Soul vibe. Oh. <coughs> 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 Before we go, 
got a perfect important question to ask you, buddy. Are you, are you excited for the the Japanese members of Twice to release their album? Hell yeah, brother! You know, I love Twice, especially yep. the Japanese members, who I assume are the older ones. They're the three hottest. I guess so. The they are Japanese women are just better looking than Korean women. Ouch! That's what the Japanese people would say. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think that's the case. I think what happened though is they just, um, you know, chose like the just absolutely dimed out Japanese women. They just they just got the best of the best of the best of the best around. I'm excited for it. Me some those are my free. Yeah, I don't watch. I don't listen to. I don't listen to American pop. I certainly don't listen to uh, K pop or Japanese pop. You don't listen to um, Charlie X. Oh, she's not American. <laughs> XCX. Charlie XCX. Also, you don't like my girlfriend, Charlie. 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 She's the most attractive Chuck. British woman there ever was. The bar's on the floor, though. Stupid ass fog breather. I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of her, to be honest. Oh, she's like, oh, little, she's a little cutie. She's probably 10 years old. Mm, no, she's like 30 something. <laughs> She's an old hag. What do you mean? She's been in this game for like a decade. Old. Old. Her, her eggs She's are all 30 years old. Her eggs are all shriveled up. Oh, no. She hit the wall. As soon as women hit 30, they're uh, done, right? Done. <laughs> Ted Swift, you better hurry up and start having kids. You're too old. You don't got any eggs left. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a men's rights YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, that's the grift I'm going into. I'm gonna be a men's rights influencer. No, women. You, for men's rights, you should be awfully concerned about Taylor Swift's eggs. Well, yeah, it's because women—they all—they just want you for your money. They created the evil dating uh, situation we're in now, and all men suck because of single mothers. And uh, Taylor Swift doesn't have any eggs. <laughs> Wait, what evil dating situation? How is it any different than I don't know? <laughs> I don't know, man. They just get on the internet and complain about bullshit. And then they, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm the toughest, smartest man on the internet. And then let me whine about how women don't like me. <laughs> All right, you stupid bitch. Stupid ass bitch. Came hey, well, let's I'm gonna, we're going to start the Women Don't Like Me podcast where we, uh, we we just whine and cry about how women don't like us. <laughs> women don't like me. Oh, women don't like me no, no more. They're all out there doing the witchcraft, turning my dick limp. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's exactly. It's the malice mar- maleficarum, but it just the malice maleficarum just keeps getting recreated like every couple years. Oh, just the hey, language hey, eggs all shriveled up like raisins. Oh, she doesn't got no more eggs. She hit the wall. If I was going to do an honest podcast about my relationship with women, though, it would have to be about how women like me too much. If that's my problem, you know, they're yeah. just flaunting, fawning over me, falling over right. themselves. I like that. I, I often have four or five bitches on me at one time, and it's like, um, come on, I have things to do. I like a them, and they like a me. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, that was uh, a girl lover podcast. I'm king of the v- a woman lover, actually. I don't want to say girl lover because that's strange. Yeah, I'm a I'm a female <laughs> lover. You know, I love the females. The females, I love the females. Then you lick your lips, rub your hands mm. together. That's why whenever I think of someone who refers to women as females, give me your fe- females, give me your instas and your snaps. Yeah, hook hook me up, hook me up to the feet picks, the nightgown picks, the booty picks, whatever you got, I'll take them all. You playing video games? I guess that's all right. I don't I don't really fuck with video games, but it's cool to have hobbies. Video games not a hobby, goddamn it. Get a real hobby, uh, you know. Get off my lawn. Woodworking. Yeah, the woodworking's a great one. Metallurgy, M- moonshining. Uh that I think moonshining would be fun. Like I don't think there's a lot to it. Like I know, but I'd like to having to move your still and hide from the cops in the woods. And stuff. <laughs> that part of it seems. Do they even care? I don't think they care that much anymore. Yeah, man. but it would be fun to you know do it a little bit. <laughs> I just like crime. You're the fucking Duke boys out there. Yeah. What are your favorite hobbies? Ah, just a little bit of crime. Ah, a little, I like to do a little bit of crime. A little bit of crime. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it keeps life interesting. I don't really have any hobbies except for watching movies. Oh, I yeah, guess I, I read a I read a book. 
His lifting weights is a hobby, but that's more like a lifestyle. Gym lifting cell. weights is who I am, you know? Yeah, I'm a gym cell. Next week, we're going to watch Soul Vibe. Soul Vibe. I think it's about like driving cars in Soul or some shit. I don't know. It's got like K-pop boys in it, I think. So it should be pretty cute. Uh, check out the cute boys and stuff. Um, <laughs> if you want to check out some more cute boys, go to our website, vhskvlt.com, where you can listen to more podcasts by us, Two Cute Boys. That's what we should change the name of the podcast. Two, two cute, cute boys. boys. Uh, you should also spread the link around, especially to uh, women. As you know, I'm very popular with the ladies. So if you give them the link to the podcast, I'm sure they'll find it enjoyable. <laughs> the older, the better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Um, there's nothing sexier than dude on the internet talking about movies he likes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let me tell you about Asteroid City, baby. Hey, baby, what's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? I know. Hey, uh, hey, you want to watch Asteroid City and get down? Get confused like he was an alien? I want to get down some of these Kenneth Anger shorts. Let me take your pictures. Hey, Mm -hmm. baby, you want to watch The Doom Generation? I watched that today for Pride Month. The Doom Generation? Generation? Yeah, I'm going to watch more Greg um, Arky movies tomorrow, probably. Just the thing I've been doing as a good ally. Been watching movies. <laughs> yeah, that's hard, important work. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the real work out here. It's for this, you know, I support you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching movies all the time. Yeah, you know, I yeah, um, no, 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 need, no need to clap or cheer. It's fine. <laughs> I know, I know. You're a real hero. <laughs> Your your medal's gonna come in the mail any day now. Your plaque. Yeah, thank God. I've you know, I I just need more awards. They just keep sending them to me. They're oh, you, you watch oh, based on the media consume, you get the, you're the feminist of the year, the trans ally of the year. I just keep getting all these ally awards for the media I consume because I'm just such a good boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Such a good cute boy. Yeah, they're like, I didn't know that there could be a cis straight white man that was so good. And it's me. Thanks for all the awards. Thanks for your cheers. I don't need them, though. I get the satisfaction I get just from being a good boy. That's all there is, you know? Yep. That's all, it's all you need in life. That's what Asteroid City was about, is trying to be a good boy. Yep. All right. That's it. Content Sewer. Talk to you next week. Uh, pretty to share the link to the website. Uh, get people donate to the Patreon. Just go out there just to evangelize. Tell everyone. Tell them all. Tell them about the podcast. We have, I literally evangelize. Uh, I need cardboard signs, uh, sandwich boards that say the podcast is near. That'd be pretty good marketing. Someone, you Zoomers, you like to do that shit for like. TikTok. And then like you got a QR shit. code somewhere on you. <laughs> Yeah, just do your weirdo TikTok shit promote the podcast. Goodbye. Love you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week, presumably.